Have you been looking for a Taekwondo podcast with qualified people who know what they're talking about, who help you keep up with everything going on in the Taekwondo world? Well, you found it. This is the Taekwondo Podcast. Taekwondo news, competitions and other events, training and sports science, keeping the fans, coaches, and high-performance athletes up to date with the latest news and trends on Olympic Taekwondo. Let's do this. This is the Taekwondo Podcast. And now your hosts, Coach Caesar Valentim and Peter Nessler. Hello and welcome to the Taekwondo Podcast. We are a podcast based out of Austria in English language for everyone out there who likes Taekwondo. On this episode, we talk about the competition season that is about to start, new events and opportunities. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Coach Cesar Valentim and with me is Coach Peter Nessler. Hi Peter, how are you? The World Taekwondo Federation decided a couple of years ago that December and January should be an off-season hiatus. And in February, we get back to competition. How does the upcoming season look like to you? Well, uh, this year will be the quite a complicated year because uh, there is still the pandemic. We don't know what uh, will happen in, in the next few weeks. We see numbers of infections rising sharply, so it's difficult to calculate. We have a lot of events on the calendar now, but we don't know which of them really will happen, which of them will attract uh, competitors. You could see that some of the early events don't have that high uh, numbers of inscriptions, though they were uh, put to T2. Um, it will be a diff difficult season, in my opinion. Well, we've seen that in other sports, some of the events, because of the restrictions of the countries, or the lack of restrictions in some countries, they ended up being uh, COVID clusters. We have the the case of Hungary, where they organized a handball event, and because uh, even though the concept and regulations of the event Uh, allow them to have a safe bubble. The fact that the hotels and some of the places that the athletes and teams shared with other people uh, in a country that didn't have the regulations like mandatory mask uh, allowed them to have contact with people that were not following the same prevention plan and therefore creating clusters and even uh, in some case canceling events. It's uh, one of the things that will count in the next few months. Uh, the the location of the events and where we are organizing the events, maybe choosing countries that have lower restrictions allows us to have the events, but in other cases increases the risk a lot. And it, once the players are there, it's probably a little bit too late and the events get to have some uh, different uh, uh, challenges. Yeah, on the other end, uh, you say the, the, the countries with lower regulation level, On the other hand, you have uh, countries with a high regulation level, so they tend to uh, cancel events very early. It's a difficult season. It's, it will stay a difficult season. The bubble system is the only thing that makes real sense, but it has to be restricted to the event itself. So no influence from uh, other tourists or even, even, even the, the, the people working there have to be included in the bubble system. So it's a lot of uh, brain work to do to have safe events. 
the amount of events in the next few months is actually impressive. Uh, the calendar, the World Taekwondo calendar has been updated almost weekly. Some events have been added. Some events have been pushed forward. It's a little bit hard to, to count uh, on the events. Some events are overcrowded. Others are not. Uh, it's, it makes the teams uh, have to pay close attention to the registration lists and talk to other teams to understand which ones will be more busier, uh, busier than others. Um, it allows, of course, uh, to, to decide uh, in just a short notice which events we're going to go to, therefore making the periodization, the training plans a little more uh, flexible, but also a little more complicated. How do you uh, take uh, into consideration those events when you plan your training plan? Well, uh, regarding the the training periodization, we have a in the moment the calendar is full, so you have to calculate with a full calendar. When if, if some of the events drop out, well, they drop out. It's okay. You just con- con- keep continuing with your your training plan. Um, Regarding the allocation, which which uh, events to to visit, that's a strategy. That's always a strategy. There is uh, the top level athletes; they will just collect their points at, at any of the events. Um, and then there is the big mass of, of of athletes, which sometimes go more strategic way to collect points in the current uh, ranking system. This will be difficult because uh, if you set on one of the events with a, maybe a lower level of participation and that one drops out, you, you will lose the points or you, you could not collect any points. So very difficult year this year, um, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. We are on a race to 2024. It's uh, two and a half years until the next qualification. So the athletes need to take uh, as much uh, points as possible from these early events that are not cancelled and that we are in, with m- most certain going to, to, to have and to be able to compete at uh, allows us to also have a lot of uh, a blocking, a lot of uh, undulation uh, in the periodization to, so that the players keep with the peak performance as long as possible, drop for just a little moment and go back. Of course, having the two months hiatus that allows us to have a kind of off season between December and uh, February, uh, it's important for the athletes. But I think that the twenty-four years uh, months cycle, twenty-four month cycle, is a little bit uh, uh, extensive cycle for the teams that are uh, struggling with the logistics, struggling that the athletes are not professional and they have to attend school, university. Um, do your players? Uh, uh, look into the future with a positive uh, uh, um, mindset do will they do they see this uh, do, are they aware of uh, what's ahead of them um, in some cases they're not but uh, i always tend to say that it's not their sole uh, task to always think about the full picture that's that's the task of the the coaches and and uh, also the federations um we try to keep them away from all the problems that's what we what we always do with our athletes so that the full thing like planning um with all the travel restrictions and whatever keep it away from the athletes it's very important to keep them doing their sport only to 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 to, to do the trainings to do good uh, fights in the events that's what what we want them to do
Considering all uh, the calendar and the fact that the travel restrictions, the bubble systems in the events, uh, are you taking that into consideration regarding training? Because training is uh, probably the most complicated thing we have to do in the very busy calendar. When to fit uh, events, uh, training events, when to fit uh, training camps with other teams, uh, test matches. Uh, um, how do you look into the bubble system and what do you think it's going to bring to training preparation for most of the teams that are not in the big budget, in the big powerhouses and don't have the budget to just uh, go away for a few months and uh, train in a bubble that's somewhere else? Well, um, as you said, there's the big teams who always have their bubble system also in the training camps and, and wherever. And there's the smaller teams who cannot afford uh, like uh, systems like that. And... Well, it's taking risk into the system. It's always uh, important to know with whom you are having a camp or who is attending a camp uh, and, and which championships, which events you're visiting. That's why I'm always uh, asking the organizers about uh, the COVID protocol. In some cases, uh, I do not tell who it was. I get two pages and that, that was it. I was not satisfied about that. Um, some cases, there's a, there's a nice protocol, very sophisticated one. But that is what you have to take into consideration. Also, if you're a small team, um, don't go anywhere to do just training as you were used to. Uh, because once uh, once you, you, you get COVID or what into your system, costs a lot of time and as we know the calendar is very tight in a moment that will cost you a lot of opportunities are you in favor of uh, teams having bigger camps uh, continental level camps or do you think during this competition season it's wiser to have smaller uh, bubbles and smaller events um, it has to be the, the 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 optimum size let me say that way where you can still control the bubble system. It does not make sense to have a very open system with big camps, with uh, hundreds of uh, athletes attending and coaches and whoever is uh, going there. You have to still manage the system. You think the job of uh, managing that system relies uh, in the clubs themselves or it should also be extended to the member national associations or continental unions? They could take over some uh, some 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 jobs. I mean, in the moment, very a lot of systems are a lot of those bubble systems are being created by uh, clubs uh, regarding the trainings, and the events are done mainly by the federations. There could be some some guys responsible for, for, for creating such standards for the bubble systems, which could also be done by uh, the, the continental uh, federations. So probably creating uh, an alternative calendar, not only a competition calendar, but a worldwide uh, events and promotional calendar that will go uh, way above and beyond what the national teams are doing, but also the small organizations? Yeah, that's true. Includes... Uh, as in the moment you have standards for those camps or whatever, you could include them to a calendar, in my opinion. This podcast is supported by Hawken Dynamics. 
Hawking Dynamics believes that technology is most useful when it stays out of your way. That's why Hawking developed the world's first wireless force plate system with extreme usability. It is the quickest, easiest to use and most robust solution on the market. It is trusted by all sports organizations large and small, as well as tactical, military and rehabilitation environments around the globe. It's force testing in the palm of your hand. Here at Vintecondo Center, we use Hawking Dynamics to test and monitor our team. The cloud-based platform allows us to access data and publish a variety of reports on the go. My favorites are trend reports and, of course, weight reports, where I can monitor different metrics to view progress and identify performance indicators, or to compare weights to a baseline data range. I use it on a daily basis to identify readiness. A simple jumping test takes me less than a minute to assess the entire team. Having my own Hawking Dynamics force plates allows me to test reactive strands, maximum strands, rate of force development, asymmetry and so much more. The real-time feedback on the app is useful not only for testing, but as a training tool, making it more accurate and at the same time more engaging for the athletes. If you are interested in learning more about Hawking Dynamics or getting your own, the team can be reached at info at hawkingdynamics.com or on Instagram or Twitter at Hawking Dynamics. When talking about Taekwondo training, we need to talk about Athlete Analyzer. Athlete Analyzer is the first Taekwondo-specific athlete monitoring system. It is used by both national teams, regional squads and small clubs to maximize performance, prevent injuries and communicate with both athletes and trainer teams. Athlete Analyzer is a cloud-based system with a friendly smartphone app. You can plan and monitor every aspect of your training, even when you are not in the gym with your team. The easy-to-use video analysis tool is not like anything you've seen. It helps you understand your athletes and even their opponents, making this app the only tool you need to manage your team. Before I used Athlete Analyzer, I spent an absurd amount of time in front of the computer, creating spreadsheets and using half a dozen software solutions. I have athletes in my center, but also abroad, and with Athlete Analyzer, it's much easier to communicate, plan and monitor their development. Now that I have extra time, I can focus on what matters, training my athletes, and it still leaves me some room to do other stuff like this Taekwondo podcast. Athlete Analyzer offers you a two weeks free trial. Visit them at athleteanalyzer.com to sign up or click on the link in the episode's description. To get the most of your free trial, I recommend you first book a free personal demonstration with Nicholas. It will give you a great insight of what Athlete Analyzer has to offer you and your team. It is well worth the time. You're listening to the Taekwondo Podcast. Now back to your hosts, Coach Caesar Valentim and Peter Nessler. So, welcome back. The events uh, that we are going to be talking about, they're still uh, a few weeks away from us because we're recording this episode ahead of time. Uh, so, for logistical reasons. The, um, we do have the list and we have a, an idea, an overview of the events that will be a little bit busier. Um, we see that Fujaraya, uh, President's Cup, Turkish Open, they're uh, not uh, the numbers we expected, either too big or not as big as uh, usual. Um, how do you look at these events? How Who do you think they will be at the first tournaments and why are some events more competitive than others? Well, when you look at the registrations in a moment, you will see that uh, Turkish Open is below expectations, uh, in my opinion, well below expectations. Also, President's Cup is below expectations in the moment. The, the, at the moment, we are 
recording this podcast the registration is still open but uh, i don't think that the numbers will grow too big on the other hand fujaira is a huge event uh, uh, it's really big and some 800 uh, competitors in the moment maybe even getting more um that's partly some things are partly because of the costs we were talking about costs in, a, in another episode so for Chaga was cheap flights um the registration was easy to manage the rules are easy to manage for the, for the teams um yeah maybe that that is what makes the difference in the moment the costs The Fujaira was usually a not so competitive event. It was a good event for you to start the season and make some medals. I think this year there's going to be a little bit of a surprise for the teams who registered because a lot of teams from all over, especially Europe uh, and Middle East, are registered. Um, Turkish Open, because it's an event that's usually so long and so uh, well organized, it has always been a bubble system because it's uh, always in uh, event hotels. This time it's uh, uh, Antalya, so very famous for all the events they've been doing there. Um, do you expect uh, Turkish Open and the President's Cup to be a little bit of a disappointment regarding the teams? Uh, there is two aspects. So one is the, the, the situation for the organizers. It's not good for them to have uh, low numbers of inscriptions. So the, the financial aspect for them is also bad as well. Um, for the teams, well, it depends. Uh, it could be easy to, to get points there. Um, it will be easy to get points there because it's not many competitors. So you get, you even have, uh, I mean, you could get ninth, ninth, ninth place very, very fast in, in the heavyweights, maybe fifth place or even get a medal, which is, um, winning one fight or even less. Yeah, that's, that's the two aspects. It was, Uh, in former times, not that easy. Um, it changed a little bit. So, it's tactics again for the teams. The fact that uh, the Pan American region uh, hasn't started competing in Europe yet, probably due to the fact that our national team trials are still uh, way undergoing, and some of them are delayed until February, allows them to uh, doesn't allow them to compete internationally since they have to focus on first winning the national team spots and then uh, moving to international ranking points. The fact that uh, you see in President's Cup, you see also in Fujara that most of the, the North and South American teams are not competing uh, allows, of course, uh, easier points for those first events, very good tactics for the first teams. But uh, another thing, as you mentioned, is the financial aspect. Uh, the events, due to the bubble systems, they're a little bit costly. The, um, the President's Cup, the hotel costs for bigger teams that have to stay many days in the in the events because the competition is spread out through three days um it's only for the seniors plus the juniors and the cadets plus pumse plus para the it's it increases the cost a little bit uh too much for some of the teams to be able to afford it the, um, is the bubble system the best solution for these events Well, you have to take into account, into account that there is a pandemic, so you have to you have to fight uh, the pandemic in that case. So you have a second opponent, to put it that way. Um, and on the other end, it it clearly increases costs yeah, for everyone. Um, I mean, in in the current system where you have it's mandatory, you have to book the hotel via the organizer. That's uh, 
will give them a little more uh, security on the financial side, but on the other end, it's much more expensive for the team. So that's always two sides of the medal. The postponement of the World Championships to the second semester probably plays a big factor on such uh, decisions in terms of calendar for the teams. Usually, the World Championships being in April or May, you had to qualify for the national team qualifications or even secure good ranking points for the good seeding at the World Championships in the first uh, few months of competition. People would do what they would call the European Tour, and they would start with uh, Germany, Slovenia, they would do Belgium, Netherlands, and all together uh, in the same uh, uh, few four or five weeks. And uh, this rush is gone <laughs> since the uh, postponement of the event for November for the Worlds um, allows you to have a little more uh, time to, to collect those points, to collect those national team uh, criteria uh, points. That allows you also to focus on other things. The fact that the European Championships and most continental championships will be before the summer. The fact that in the summer, uh, uh, the World Juniors, World Cadets, and even the uh, University Games will ha happen only in August. And they have different uh, qualification criteria. They probably don't need um, the ranking points since there is no seeding for juniors or for cadets. Allows the teams to have a little more... Um, air a little more time to to plan their uh, calendar their events their budget mostly their training to allow them to be achieving peak performances for shorter periods of time in different times of the season not allow them to not uh, not forcing them to have peak performance for three or four weeks in the entire competition uh, uh, tour especially because we know that it's very hard to keep peak performance and doing weight cuts uh, uh, so many times in a month. Regarding the summer, um, we have the World Juniors, the World Cadets in uh, in Sofia. We'll have hopefully the University Games in uh, China. How do you think the Junior and Cadets team our uh, teams are preparing for these events? Um, there is uh, there is one aspect the decision to postpone the world senior championships and the creation of the full calendar happened at almost the same time so the calendar was built for uh, an early senior world championships it's it's not so for the for the juniors and cadets so we have a, a date in summer as you said and you can easily plan your tour uh, till there so it should be plenty of time if all the events or uh, most of them happen it should be a little easier for the for the juniors and cadets because it's more reliable and in my opinion summer is always a good time uh, regarding pandemic um, those events will stay and you could rely on on the calendar till there so a more relaxed preparation for the juniors and cadets teams, not so for the seniors. Regarding the athletes competing in these events, do, do you think most of the players that were competing in uh, Tokyo uh, 2020, 2021 will uh, try to stretch their performance to 2021? Uh, to, sorry, 2024 in Paris, or you will see that some people will already go into retirement before that event? Well, when looking at the the age of some of the competitors, um, you might guess that not all of them will again compete in 24 in Paris. But on the other hand, we have now 22. It's only 
two years and, and a few months. So it's not such a big period. Let's see. Let's see who really decides to stop. I guess that uh, many of the players that would not consider uh, another Olympic cycle, realizing that this cycle is really so short, uh, they might, might might even extend it again. Um, probably the postponement of the worlds uh, gives them a, a short-term goal, and f- between the worlds and the Olympic Games being again um, one and a half year difference, uh, it's. Uh, a good motivation will i think the world championships and the results in the world championships will dictate um who is staying on the system or not um probably for the next cycle we will see players that we would not expect to see still uh, in their 30s or uh, uh, late in their 30s trying to go for the last cycle that's true i mean not not everybody's steven lopez uh, but uh those days those days where you have a pandemic when some players drop out everything is possible in my opinion thank you peter it was a pleasure being here with you and with everyone who is listening this was the taekwondo podcast if you haven't already listen to our other episodes that are available wherever you listen to your podcasts we are releasing new episodes every tuesday stay tuned subscribe to the podcast leave us a positive review and share it with your friends See you next time. You've been listening to the Taekwondo Podcast, keeping the fans, coaches, and high-performance athletes up to date with the latest news and trends on Olympic Taekwondo. Your host, Coach Cesar Valentim, has almost 20 years of experience with high-performance Taekwondo and has worked all around the world as a Taekwondo trainer. Peter Nessler has been teaching Taekwondo for more than 20 years, and he's currently one of the top referees in Europe. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at Taekwondo Podcast, on Facebook at Taekwondo Cast, and the website TaekwondoPodcast.com. See you next time.